You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, Minor Talk is live. Adrian Broadus along with Steve Kaplowitz. We are getting you ready for uh, some UTEP women's basketball. That's coming up later on, 7 o'clock tip-off out in Las Vegas as the Miners take on Seattle. We'll have the coverage for you for that one. But let's talk some UTEP football. UAB defeats the Miners 42-25. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. They say happy Thanksgiving from the locally owned agency. 24 years of servicing El Paso from the west side to Fabens for all your home home, auto, life insurance, or business insurance needs, contact the Oscar Arieta Agency. Get started with a free no-obligation insurance policy online at OscarArietaAgency.com. A disappointing finish for the UTEP Miners today as three key special teams errors plagued them in this loss. Steve uh, joins me out at his house, and uh, Steve, for this one, it was just a really tough going for that special teams unit for the Miners. They really doomed them especially in the second half where UAB outscored them 28-8. to Man, hey, listen, uh, there's no sugarcoating it, Adrian. Special teams was awful, and it's been awful all season. I mean, you haven't seen a, a lot of good runbacks on uh, kickoffs and on punts, and uh, usually the uh, other way is you know, the other way around when you talk about uh, what we've seen from UTEP um, mistake-wise, and that's the, the most unfortunate thing. I mean, you think about what happened today, okay? you got a block punt. And that leads to a score. Then you have a kickoff return in which there's a fumble as um, Dennis Barnes is going out of bounds. That's recovered deep in UTEP territory by UAB. Another touchdown. And then finally, in one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen, on a kickoff following a, uh, a score by UAB to make it a 10-point game, because remember, this was, a, this was a 28-25 game, and it looked like UTEP was right in the middle of this. All of a sudden... The football hits a minor player in the helmet before they could actually, um, you know, possess the football. And the ball takes a weird bounce. And I'm thinking to myself, you have got to be kidding me. How many times can we see mistake after mistake after mistake on special teams? And not just today. It's happened all year. The only difference is today it absolutely doomed them against UAB. And, and the thing is, is all season long, the problems with special teams have been them not returning these kickoffs to give them good field position. So it's kind of those mm-hmm. minor errors when you're talking about special teams going into this game, but it's mounted into bigger problems down the line. And that's what UTEP really felt in this loss uh, here today. You could blame special teams in a big way for this loss. And defense didn't really help much either, Steve. They allowed four no. straight touchdowns in the second half. Again, the Blazers outscoring the Miners 28-8 to when UTEP went into the half leading 17-14. to And yeah, the offense was okay at times, but they were totally stumped by UAB in the second half. 880-5763, that's our telephone number. If you would like to weigh in and give us your thoughts after this one, we're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, where we have a poll going on right now. Which bowl game would you like UTEP to play in just as a fan? If you just had a guess and a reason um, you know, why you wanted UTEP to play in, in an upcoming bowl game, give us yours now at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. 
New Mexico Bowl has taken it with 67% of the votes. And Steve, I, I really think that's where, now, now that you're looking ahead, UTEP finishes the season with a 7-5 and overall record. I, I think New Mexico Bowl is probably where you're going to at least uh, guess that the Miners will be headed to when it's all said and done. Yeah, and, and again, it, there's no knock on the New Mexico Bowl. You know, um, you got to realize that uh, Jeff Symbieta does a great job with that and has for years. And uh, I know Jeff because he's kind of my equivalent out in Albuquerque. He does a lot of ESPN radio and radio talk shows, and he's also uh, running the bowl game out there and has been for years. So there's no knock on the New Mexico Bowl. The problem is UTEP's been there before. That's the key. I was, I was really hoping Frisco. And the more I started thinking about Frisco, the more I thought, you know what? This could be perfect because now you get all the UTEP fans out in the DFW and surrounding areas. They've never been to the Frisco Bowl. And, you know, had they beaten UAB, I think that really would have given them the inside track to that bowl game. And, you know, I don't want to say that they're going to New Mexico by default, but it sure seems to that, that way after what happened. Maybe something will change and maybe they'll still find a way to get out to the DFW area. I know UTEP would love that, especially for recruiting purposes, Adrian. But more than likely, I think uh, we're, we're headed to Albuquerque for the third time in the last, what, 11 years. Yeah, most definitely. And and right now with the Miners uh, getting to seven wins for the first time since 2014, I, I guess we can really, you know, it's interesting, Steve, right after this loss for the Miners today against UAB, you started to see a lot of people on social media really look a little deeper on these seven wins that UTEP had. So maybe that could play a little factor into the bowl game. And I'll, I'll read you something that Football Scoop, who's been reporting on almost every single uh, football head coaching change that we've seen over this fall, and there's been a lot of them, but this is what Football Scoop tweets out. Not sure what to think about UTEP's season. Seven wins include New Mexico State, Bethune-Cookman, New Mexico, Old Dominion, Southern Miss, La Tech, and Rice. They, they continue this tweet by saying, quote, those seven teams only won 11 games versus FBS opponents all season, and several were against each other. So that's what Football Scoops is writing on Twitter. A lot of uh, listeners are already chiming in on this one, saying that they agree and that um, those wins are not significant. I'll go, I'll go the opposite way, Steve, and I'll just say this. I know that these games are not eye-popping victories for the Miners, but in years past, especially recently, we haven't seen UTEP win any of these games. So how, how are you uh, going to knock UTEP's uh, wins this year when in the first place, you know, you're looking back 2019, 2018, they weren't getting those wins anyways. No, they weren't. They were losing those games. You're 100% right. I mean, look, we said at the start of the season, we said it before the season actually, and, and, and now that it's over, we can, we can agree on this. The schedule really was in their favor from the very beginning. And they made the most of it the first seven weeks. They did. They won six out of seven. And if you think about it, that means that they won one out of their last five when the schedule became more and more difficult. Now, understand this. They were in the game against North Texas. They were definitely in the game today against UAB. And they put themselves in a really bad spot against Florida Atlantic. But when you left that game, you didn't feel that Florida Atlantic was really the better of the two teams. The one game that absolutely stood out was UTSA. That was the game in which you realized UTEP was just not competitive, just like the Boise game. Those are really the two games this whole season of the five losses. Those are the two games where they weren't competitive. They were competitive against UAB. They were competitive against FAU. And they definitely should have beaten North Texas. But again, they didn't, and that's what frustrates minor fans is that you realize that you're in those games against better opponents, and they weren't able to pull it out. So if you think about last year to this year, 
they've definitely made strides because they've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat, which UTEP hasn't done in forever. Now you got to go ahead and beat the teams that maybe you're not supposed to beat or the teams that are at least at your level or better. So that is pretty much where you're at after year four, and you're hoping you'll see that jump coming up in year five. And UTEP loses their season finale today, 42-25 again against UAB. If you'd like to talk about it with us, you could do it, 880-5763. That's our telephone number. Or you could also check in on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso like 915 Sun City does on Twitter. He says, quote, we just don't value our offensive possessions. Coaching is the key. The cream always rises to the top. This game is a great synopsis of the season. Good start, promising results fade and lose to a team that's more prepared. Congratulations, Bill Clark. Hopefully that shows Jim Center what he needs to do. Well, I mean, Steve, you heard it right there from one of our uh, listeners in 915 Sun City. He's hinting at the um, eventual extension conversation that we could be having over this offseason. And you've seen so much changes thus far across college football. That's definitely looming around this team. The seven wins were very favorable, like we mentioned, for this uh, UTEP's uh, schedule this year. And now, I mean, especially after that bowl game that UTEP is looking at, we might be looking at extension talks one way or the other. And what this athletic department decides to do. It would be really, really strange if Dana Dimmel doesn't receive an extension after winning seven games. And fans can say all they want. But the fact is, if you would have asked any UTEP fan before the season started, you go seven and five, are you happy? How many UTEP fans would tell you, no, we're not? No, I mean, no one at the start of the season, no one would have said that um, they would be against that. They would say that that, was, uh, that would have been considered a, a successful season when it's all said and done. Now, at the same time, you win one of your last five against better competition, and suddenly, when you talk an extension, you kind of say to yourself, all right, well, depending on what happens in the bowl game, what do you do? He's got one year left on his contract after this year. Do you give him one extra year? Do you give him two extra years? Do you give him three extra years? What do you do? It's a tough, tough decision if you're, uh, if you're a gym center, because ultimately, Dana Dimmel is taking you to the postseason, taking you to a bowl game in year four, and he wanted five years, and you know he's doing it in four. But again, this reminds me a lot of what happened in 2014 during the second season of Sean Kugler. They won seven games that year and finished seven and six, lost in the New Mexico Bowl. And if you remember correctly, fans were not sold on Cougs after his second season when they won seven games. Quite the opposite. They were getting frustrated because they realized that Cougs is probably not the answer either. And he still spent another two plus years with UTEP afterwards uh, trying to get back to that second season, which he was never able to do. So, yeah, it is going to be really interesting. There's a ton of decisions right now at the top. And, uh, you know, that's. That's obviously the gamble, Adrian. You, you lock somebody in for another couple years, and they if they fail to deliver next season, then all of a sudden you're on the hook for a few of you know for an extra two to three more years. That is very difficult. And really, if you're UTEP, you can't afford that right now. Well, one option I would not rule out with with all these different scenarios, Steve, is both sides meeting for a possible extension, and then maybe both sides not agreeing to the length of that extension. I mean, if the UTEP athletic department thinks that maybe a short Shorter term extension, a two or three years, versus maybe um, you know on the other side, and, and we don't know. This is all speculative, but maybe on the other side with head coach Dana Dimmel and his agent, maybe they think no, we want security, we want another five years, you know, another five years to continue building on what we did right now. So I'd be curious to see if the two parties could also come to terms on this extension if that conversation comes up over this off season. 
You said two to three years. Let's just take the three-year uh, extension, as you mentioned, right? Now, that would be on the low end of things. But three years is really four years. So remember, if they don't deliver next year, then all of a sudden you're on the hook for three more years. It's really a tricky, tricky situation right now. Because if you talk to players, they're, they, they're buying in. And they're, they're looking to, to build on this year after the season. Uh, we're not looking at a lot of player movement from the portal. I think everybody that we've spoken to really likes the team, likes the players, likes the coaches, and wants to stay here and wants to build. Now, you look at what uh, UTSA did last year, what they're doing this year, and it's been a huge difference as they brought everybody back and you see um, what they've been able to do. So, you know, UTEP does have potentially a lot of guys coming back, and if they all buy in and all want to keep riding this one out, uh, next year, even though UTSA will be on the road, there's still, uh, you know, the possibility for UTEP to go out and, and win seven games that are better again next season. So, you know, it's interesting. Look, they were. this is a three-win team, then they were a one-win team, and now they're a seven team, and fans aren't happy. They feel like they should be better than seven wins, which is pretty crazy when you start to think about the history of UTEP and realizing how rare getting seven wins in a season has been over the years for them. Yeah, and, and if they were to get to that eight-win mark like they were about to, uh, well, they flirted with a chance today, Steve. That would have been another milestone that this team could have reached, and uh, Dana Dimmel could have used that as even more leverage to try to get that uh, longer extension if that's what he's looking for right there. Uh, but if we could talk about it with you. We could also chat with you on social media you could send us a tweet at 600 espn el paso on twitter or give us a call at 880-5763 uab defeats utep 42 to 25 in the regular season finale we're going to take a time out right now when we come back more phone calls more tweets as minor talk continues we're presented by the oscar Addy at the agency right here on 600 espn el paso it's all said and done um, you know, San Jose State had a chance to get into that New Mexico Bowl. They lost yesterday or today or yesterday actually to Fresno, uh, forty to nine. So we'll see if Wyoming tomorrow afternoon can beat Hawaii and win uh, and and win their seventh game and go to seven and five. Because right now, even at six and six, they pretty much backed themselves in. Nevada's also got Colorado State. Keep an eye on Nevada. They could potentially be eight and four or seven and five, and also be one of those teams that that, that has an opportunity to play. Uh, and, you know, Boise lost to San Diego State today, 27-16. So Boise finishes their year 7-5. and five. So, you know, you kind of look at the Mountain West teams that could be potentially New Mexico Bowl bound. And at least as of now, Adrian, it looks like Wyoming for sure, either 7-5 and five or 6-6. Six and six, And then possibly Nevada, depending on if they go 7-5 and five and lose to Colorado State tomorrow in Fort Collins. Yeah, I could totally see that right there. And I think, all you know, point is, I think all those matchups, UTEP could really compete against. I, I I don't think there's a team out there. Maybe you look at Boise State since, you know, they really uh, put it on the Miners early into the year. Maybe that's a tougher opponent for the Miners to face. But point is, I, I think the Miners will be able to compete in the bowl game, assuming that they are, you know, yeah. a little bit more healthier than they left today's game. Hey, I want to mention a tweet from Jonathan Byers and react to this, because Jonathan Byers tweets that Doug Martin got NMSU to a bowl game a few years ago, and now he just got fired, and NMSU is a bottom-of-the-barrel team. Dana Dimmel and UTEP could be looking at the same situation if Dimmel gets a contract extension. we got to stop giving Dimmel the benefit of the doubt. Jonathan, the biggest difference between Doug Martin and Dana Dimmel is that Doug Martin's been playing independent football for the last three years. And if you look at their schedule, yeah. they're always playing against four to five to six ridiculously power teams. Look at their last two games this season. 
Alabama and Kentucky. That's who they had to play in their Power Fives. Uh, I, I mean, you can't compare the two because if you're UTEP, you get one of those kind of games. If you're New Mexico State, you're getting usually three to five of those games every year. So if you think about it, Doug Martin is almost in an impossible situation as an independent coach, being set up where you know you just got to try to survive those games, Adrian. But much more favorable if you're Dimmel because you have Conference USA and look at Conference USA this year. You know, outside of the last four or five games of the season, the first half was very winnable, and the Miners did just that. They won four games this year in Conference USA. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I think it's really hard to compare those two coaches. Exactly what you mentioned. It's the independent side of football that really messes things up. Uh, Rip City Trade tweets the program, anything but the New Mexico Bowl. I'm not spending money to go to Albuquerque. I would love Frisco. I would love New Orleans. At least we can make a trip out of it, no matter what happens in the bowl. UTEP really struggled in the second half of the season. 7-5, and five, it's nice to see, though. Congrats to the players. Um, interesting that you know, even though our poll that we threw up there, Steve, to asking people what kind of um, bowl game that they would like to see the Miners play in, even though most people say uh, the New Mexico Bowl, Rip City Trade says no way. He doesn't want to spend any kind of money going to the New Mexico Bowl. Well, it is interesting. And, you know, it seems like from at least the poll standpoint, most people are okay with New Mexico, and they actually favor that. I mean, if two yeah. out of every three votes uh, are going to New Mexico, it's an easy trip for them, and they don't have as much of a problem as, as Rip City does. But I get it. I, I really do. I understand where he's coming from. Look, Ryan Guzman just tweeted that this team was 0-12 two years ago. Great season. People need to chill out. Team is on the rise. They were actually 0-12 four years ago, okay? It wasn't two. It was four. And then they had one win each of the first first two seasons for Dana Dimmel, and then they had uh, three wins last year in COVID, the COVID-shortened season, and then this year they've got their seven wins and their seven and five. Look, they've made progress. I guess for some fans, though, it's not enough, and I understand it. They didn't beat a team with a winning record. I get that. I really do. But normally they're losing the teams with losing records. So, again, they made progress. The question is, is it enough progress and, and if that's the case, how much will that warrant uh, when the extension comes around? But the fact is, they're going bowling. They've got a chance to win because they can beat Wyoming. They could beat Nevada. Those are those are winnable games for UTEP on a neutral site. And uh, then then if all of a sudden they're 8-5 and five and they win their first bowl game since 1967, the, the doubters are going to still doubt. I get that. But look, if you get to that point, you can't not spin that as a success if you're winning your bowl game against whoever you play. Let's be honest. It's hard to spin it even right now the other way. I feel like most of these people who are the naysayers who are trying to spin it as UTEP hasn't played any tough competition and they struggled at the end of the year, um, they're, they're really not seeing the bigger picture, which is UTEP just won seven games. I mean, that's something they haven't done since 2014. It, it was a very favorable schedule, which we prefaced uh, the, you know, before the season even started. So I, I think that's the bigger story in, in all of this right here. Miners finish off the season seven wins. Let's see how they can close off the season. Maybe they give uh, maybe they give minor fans something to be excited about for next year, or maybe next year and the off season is a little bit you know everybody looks at it with a closer eye after you know they finish off the year uh, losing you know 
four out of the last five games. Nine at Stay Up tweets the show, can we ask about Coach Dana Dimmel's offensive play calling? He needs to look in the mirror before pointing fingers. Uh, Steven, this one right here, the Miners on offense, they they came out and they had some pretty nice plays. I thought they uh, experienced with, experimented with some different things today. 303 yards of total offense on 64 plays that they called. Very balanced attack with uh, 204 through the air, almost 100 on the ground but uh in this one you're still seeing Gavin Hardison throw a lot he had 34 pass attempts 204 uh, passing yards a touchdown he had two sacks and one interception late in the game when this one was pretty much over uh play calling wise I actually thought this one was one of the better play calling games from Dana Dimmel it just what their offense just couldn't overpower that tough defense uh that UAB showed uh, uh showed in the second half I mean, look at some of the things they did today, okay? And again, I get it. There's haters out there that, that just don't like Dimmel, and anytime they lose, they're going to pin it on Dimmel no matter what. I understand that. But you want to know what he did early in the game? Number one, they went for it on fourth and goal or fourth down when they were deep in the, um, the red zone, and I thought that was a mistake. I was texting you at the time, and I said, don't take the points off the board. Get the field goal. It was a 7 nothing game at that point, fourth down, and it was a gutsy call. They got the first down, and then they punched it in on the next play for a touchdown to tie it at 7. Shut me up completely, because I was thinking, go for the field goal. Don't take the points off the board. Dimmel gambled. He got it. Then, later in the game, they got to a spot where normally they're, they're a little more conservative, and uh, you think about what they did. Third down, they look like they've got a stacked run play, and they do a play-action fake, and um, yeah, it was an incomplete pass, but still, gutsy call. They, they were they were being a little, um, they were being different this time. They weren't the same kind of conservative plays that we normally see. Some gambles, I liked it. I, I really did, because they showed some things. They went for two and yeah. got that two-point conversion to make it a 28-25 game. I thought that was a great call at the time. So there were some things that Dana Dimmel did offensively in this game that really worked for the team and worked for the Miners. Again, I don't blame them on offense today. I blame their special teams. Special teams destroyed them, absolutely killed them today. And it has been bad all year long. And crazy enough, their special teams coach in his first season is who else but Aaron Price, a guy that everybody in this town loves because of Mike and all the years Aaron spent here as an assistant coach. But unfortunately, when you look at that phase of the team and that part of the game and you realize, well, who's the guy that's running the show? It, it's Aaron this year and he'll probably be the first one to tell you that you know what they're just they're, they're not getting it done and he's done he hasn't done the job as uh, as special teams coach he's straight up enough not going to make you excuses he'll pretty much tell you exactly the way it is today that hurt him but here's what else hurt him right now adrian three-point game 28-25 they get all the momentum on that two-point conversion and we know what happens uab has a long, sustained drive of six to seven minutes, and they punch it in for a score. And that was rough, too, because the defense had a third and eight early in that drive. They couldn't handle them, and they've got one of the best third-down defenses in the country. And after that, it seemed like UAB just shredded the minor defense and went right down the field and scored. Yeah, of course. That was a 12-play long drive, 78 yards. So, yeah, UAB capped off that drive. They went up 35-25. No recover on a kickoff by the Miners. And if you're Justin Garrett, now – you 
you talked about it earlier, hitting the helmet of, uh, I think it was James Tupo, the fullback. He was playing mm-hmm. special teams for the Miners on that kickoff. Uh, he, it hits his helmet. The UAB ends up recovering. If I, I know we mentioned it, everything hitting his helmet, but if I'm Justin Garrett, I'm trying to track that ball and go and dive on it if I know that it's a broken yeah. play like that. And I, I think that's a big miscue by the Miners. They allow a touchdown the very next play, a 15-yard touchdown pass. That puts it at 42-25, and UAB never looks back. The, the team is completely deflated. I'm talking about the Miners, yep. and, uh, and UAB runs away with it. 100%. They lost the momentum instantly in that. And, and I thought that you're right. The touchdown drive hurt, and then obviously the play on uh, when the ball hits Tupo in the helmet um, and, and Garrett doesn't fall on it, that absolutely dooms them and dooms the defense, and the team is finished after that. And it's a shame because I was thinking if UTEP could have held when I was 28-25 on that third down and gets the ball back, all of a sudden they have the momentum. Remember, this team had a lead at the break. They were up 17-14 and played, you know, a strong enough first half despite all the penalties and, and, and some of the mistakes that they were making. By the way, I've never seen a team get more de- uh, delay of game calls in my life in a mm. season than UTEP it gets. And it drives you nuts because you're like, how could you possibly get some of these delay of game calls? We've seen them on punts. We've seen them on just coming off timeouts. It just makes you wonder, how are there so many delay of game calls and that's something that'll drive you crazy too but when it's all said and done hey uh you know they're still going to the postseason and if fans are upset about that then we've got then we've got a real problem because i understand fans wanted more we all didn't know what to expect at the start of this year and we pretty much realized quickly this team had a chance to do some special things and they didn't get to the spot that a lot of people thought they would when they were six and one but hey they're they're still seven five having an opportunity now to try to uh, at least end the year and break that 54-game streak, and, and hopefully they'll figure out a way to do it. 880-5763, that's our telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Let's go back over to Twitter. At Sad UTEP, this guy tweets the show, Hardison equals trash. Man, that's harsh right there for against the UTEP quarterback. Devious tweets. I mean, yeah. yeah, go for it, Steve. 21 of 34, 204 yards. He throws the pick at the end of the game and has the touchdown pass uh, to Cowing in that one. So, again, I, I mean, you know, Gavin Hardison you know, throwing the ball 34 times, completing 21 of them today. He had one of his better passing days. I didn't agree with the with the intentional grounding call. I you know I, I didn't I didn't like that penalty. It was a really delayed call against him, and it set them back. Um, ultimately, by the time he threw the pick, the game was already over in itself. So I, I'm not quite sure what more fans were hoping for for uh, Gavin Hardison, especially when it's a run-based offense that was able to get touchdown runs by Wadley before he got hurt, and then Hankins, who made a really nice return today, going for 68 yards and a touchdown, and at times looked like he was running like the Hankins of old. You know, Gavin Hardison, what he is is he's a guy that can make the big pass. They've they've been able to utilize now Tyron Smith the last couple of games, and I like that a lot. He's been nice. I also like how they're utilizing Trent Thompson as a potential fourth receiving target behind Cowing and Garrett. I mean, 
I don't know. At times, Hardison will make the pass that'll drive you crazy. To call him trash, I, I think that's a stretch. Yeah, it's a big stretch. I mean, this guy has has proved he's been a a guy who's uh you know won more games under his belt as a sophomore than you could say about any other UTEP quarterback of recent. You have to go all the way back to Trevor Vitito to see a quarterback season after season you know get victories like this for the Miners. Bottom line, it simply doesn't happen. UTEP doesn't get consistency at the quarterback position year after year. Uh, and, uh, and and I think that's what Hardison brings you. Of, can he make steps and can he grow in his progression? Of course. That's that's what you want to see from him next year. Uh, Devious tweets the program. I would love the Miners to go to the New Mexico Bowl. It's a short drive and I can go visit some relatives while I'm there. Hashtag go Miners. Hashtag picks up. And that's in response to our Twitter question right now asking listeners which bowl game would they like to UTEP to play in. Right now we've got 64 votes votes in for this poll and 70% of the votes have agreed that New Mexico Bowl is where they would like to see the Miners play in. Uh, Lucomotive Miner at Lugal tweets the show. I think it was a successful season. Yes, we had some missed opportunities, but seven wins in a season is better than what we've had for most of the program's history. Hope we're even better next year. And we've talked to players who have said that they want to keep things intact for next year. You've heard, um, you know, kind of through the grapevines that Justin Garrett will hand off that number two, uh, you know, uh, you know, to honor Luke Loffenberg over to standout Jacob Cowing for next year, and that kind of throws away and dispels all those notions that maybe Cowing wouldn't be back for 2022, uh, but he will be back next year, Stephen. I, I think that a lot of these UTEP players will be back. I think this season, if they end up on the right note and they keep their uh, their their roster pretty much intact. I think it really bodes well for them next season. I agree with you. And again, when you look at you know who's on the schedule next season, besides their conference games, and you look at UTEP's non-conference, you realize that next season they've got home games against Boise State. That should be a different story. And they also play the Aggies at home. They've got the Lobos on the road, and then the big one will be obviously in Norman against Oklahoma to start the season off on September the 3rd. So, you know, you look at it, I think it'll be a much different game against Boise and El Paso than it was this past year, uh, especially since Boise is going to be losing some of the vets that they had against the Miners this time around. And uh, the Lobo game should be a fun one, and obviously the Aggie game has a chance to be a big one for UTEP. So, you know, you can look at the non-conference schedule and already just think 2-2 two and two or possibly even 3-1 and one if the Miners could uh, play really well against Boise State. And if you go 2-2 two and two heading into conference play, there's no reason why, you know, UTEP was Four and four this year. CUSA is not a good league. They were in a couple of those tough games that they ended up losing. You know, you go four and four, five and three. Suddenly, you're right back to a six and six, seven and five, and hopefully better than that next year. Yeah, and, and hopefully you're back to another bowl game, and, and you can repeat postseason action uh, in back to back years. That'd be also a, a, an accomplishment that you don't normally see uh, with this UTEP football program. I mean, the last time you could see a back to back postseason perf- uh, years, uh, you have to look back to 04 and 05 with Mike Price having back-to-back eight-win seasons. Let's go to the phones right now. 880-5763 as Minor Talk continues, and we'll welcome on Ed, who's joining us on the phones. Ed, what's going on? How are ya? Ed, we're hanging in. We're doing fine. What'd you think after this loss? Uh, you know what? I, I love this team. I love the season. I'm all positive. All positive. And if those people don't want to go and they don't want to go to the game, 
then stay home and be grumpy. I don't care. Let me tell you something about Albuquerque. It's only 250 miles. There's a lot of independent restaurants. There is not a bad seat in that stadium. There's only like, I think it only seats 33,000. Every seat makes you feel like you're right on the sideline. It's a great stadium. It's perfect. And it also allows us to get five to 7,000 people down there. And it lowers the cost for UTEP, which means we make more of a profit margin. I'm all, I'm all into it. Let me say some other things here. First of all, we got a lot of heroes on this team on the offense and the defense. And Dimmel did change the playbook starting last week. This week he hit his, receiver, his uh, running back out of the backfield, Hankins. He passed to the tight end. He did screen pay, plays. He did all kinds of things. There's a lot of heroes on this UTEP football team. There's a lot of people that we should be very proud of, these players. And Demo took us to the next level. We are at the next level. And things are just going to get better. I just want to end by saying one other thing. I'm, I'm proud and I'm happy of every single one of these players. Dion Hankins came out possessed today. I've never seen a football player drag a defensive lineman seven yards the way he did in the second quarter. Did you see that on that play yep. where he came out? He caught a short pass, and the guy, the defensive lineman there was, was hanging on him, and he dragged the guy seven yards. It was amazing. I'm in love with the team. I'm in love with what they did this year, and I can't wait to go to the next bowl. I mean, I can't wait to go to this bowl. And I'll tell you what, um, everything is positive for me with UTEP football right now. Okay, Eddie, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling in and tweeting us and uh, joining us here on Minor Talk. Appreciate the phone call. 880-5763 as we continue here on Minor Talk. Uh, biggest takeaway I took from that call right there, Steve, Dion Hankins emerged today. A touchdown, uh, 68 rushing yards and 16 carries. Yeah, he looked like the old Hankins. He really did. He was dragging guys like Ed mentioned, which I loved. Dion just, listen, and this is the thing. He's fallen to the third running back on the depth chart, not because of anything he's done. It's just because Watt's been really, really good, and Wadley, who's never been healthy, finally got healthy as a senior and is getting a chance to get his first carries in the last three years. It's as simple as that. I mean, this has nothing to do with Dion, who, by the way, has been playing through injuries all season long. Today, he looked terrific. And here's the funny thing, too. If you look at the stat comparisons today, okay, and you take away all the mistakes on special teams, this was an even game across the board. I mean, total yards, 303 to 328. You give a 25-yard edge to UAB. However, the Miners had 204 passing yards, 99 rushing yards. It's almost a flip side for UAB, 108 passing yards and 220 rushing yards. Um, first down, 17 for the Miners, 18 for UAB. Total plays, UTEP ran 64, UAB ran 62. And when you start to look at what happened uh, in this ballgame, 31 minutes of time of possession for UTEP to 28-55 for UAB. Again, the key were the turnovers, the fumbles on special teams. And other than that, you start to look at things. It's a much more even game when you take away the special team's mistakes. But it wasn't just one special team mistake, Adrian. It was three mistakes. Yep. And they all led to UAB touchdowns and really put the UTEP defense in a hole today. 
They really did, and that that special teams was in a uh, effort was inexcusable by the miners today. I'm totally with you on that. Eight eight zero five seven six three. That's our telephone number. Want to get to another quick tweet by Jonathan Byers? I don't care what you say. He writes, "If UTEP doesn't win the bowl game, then this season was a failure." And FYI, I expect UTEP to get blown out in the bowl game. I've seen all that I needed to see from this team this season to make my prediction. I, I don't understand how listeners can make this quick prediction about UTEP getting blown out. In the bowl game first off not knowing their opponents Steve and then second off I mean you can how are you predicting a blowout right right now like today maybe predict it once the game is actually happening UTEP's shown that they can stay in games even when they're playing against tougher opponents this year listen they haven't been bowling in seven years all right so no matter where they go no matter who they play they're going to come back they're going to come out jacked up all right, they are. They're going to come out jacked up. Look, most people didn't think UTEP had a chance against UAB. UAB almost upset UTSA right down to the final drive last week. And this was a 28-25 game midway through the third quarter in which UTEP was getting the momentum back. So it shows you they can play with these teams. They can play with teams that have the same record as them. So, yeah, I'm not ready to just suddenly call blowout city. Uh, we don't even know who the bowl game is going to be against. And truth is, is that, you know what, a lot of the guys, that are playing their final game, they want to go out a winner. They're not looking to just be happy that they're at a bowl game. That's not that's not this team's makeup, and that's not the way they're going to come out and play. They're going to come out fired up and want to make a statement. Eight eight zero five seven six three. That's our telephone number. Let's jump to Joey on a. Uh, actually, let's uh, jump to uh, Jerry on a mobile. Jerry, what's going on? Thanks for joining us on Minor Talk. How you doing, Adrian and Steve? It's great. I just to want to tell you. Go ahead, I Jerry. Very, I was very satisfied with the minor season. This year, I went to several several games. I liked the effort. I liked the fact that uh, the play calling was more creative than last year. And we had some real stars on there on defense. And uh, Jacob Cowling and Jason Garrett and the running attack was much better. Uh, and uh, I liked the effort. They, they, never, they never gave up. So I would say this season was very successful. I, I didn't expect them to beat Boise or... UAB or, uh, you know, uh, North, not North Texas, UTSA. But uh, I tell you, I was overall satisfied. I don't see how some of the listeners can be so negative. that They're overreacting. Just like, I'll compare it. Just like when the Cowboys win two or three games, you'll hear all the fans saying they're going to they're gonna not only go to the Super Bowl, they're going to win the Super Bowl in a blowout. <laughs> and that's the reason that I don't like Dallas Cowboys fans, the majority of them. Most of, uh, most of them are like that, you know. And then when they lose, they put away their Romo jerseys or their Prescott or their Zeke Elliott jerseys, but uh, they never give credit to the other team. They say, oh, the rest were against us or we had allowed, you know. what? That's the reason I don't. And, and you, got, you guys have to agree with me on that. No, I, I, anyway. I do. I definitely do. Jerry, I need to ask you, before we let you go, what's your uh, bowl game of choice for the Miners? Okay, I want I want them to go to the Albuquerque Bowl. The reason I think uh, I think it would be a real good match with them in Wyoming or, or Nevada, and a lot of people, Steve, other than the super uh, wealthy boosters, w- would be the only ones that would go to New Orleans or, or places like that. Frisco is a doable is a doable thing, or the Alamo Bowl, but more people would go to Albuquerque. Trust me. 
All right. Hey, Jerry, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for tuning in here on the show and uh, for listening to us here on Minor Talk. 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we continue. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, where you could check in just like Ivan Aguirre at El Paso Visuals Deportivos. This last game reminds me of when UTEP football played Boise. They played well, the offense was doing good, and then costly special teams mistakes and turnovers. They didn't get a beatdown, run over. They were competitive and mistakes can be fixed. The the scores are not indicative of how good this team actually is. Just take away those special teams' mistakes against Boise, plus Deion Hankins, and UAB, and those games are different. Either way, seven wins for UTEP football, amazing. Postscript, uh, New Mexico Bowl this year, bigger bowl next year, baby steps, minor fans, at 600 ESPN El Paso. Your thoughts on, on Ivan kind of setting the expectations for all UTEP fans to be happy for seven wins and hey without these special teams errors against not just UAB but also Boise State those games could have been a lot different Steve got to realize something though one thing to one thing to understand okay and we haven't talked about this yet seven wins right last weekend they had senior day um and they had 10,000 fans in the Sun Bowl with seven wins Mm -hmm. 10,000 fans and the truth is is that you know there are 10,000 fans that are going to go no matter what win or lose but ultimately Adrian the biggest key is and you got to understand this part too is you know to see that crowd last week um, for a team that was already seven and four at that point, seven, I'm sorry, six and four with a chance to make, and they won their seventh game. They beat Rice to go seven and four. That ultimately is also something to consider right now. And that is that outside of the UTSA game, this was a rough season as far as UTEP attendance goes. They oh, barely yeah. averaged 15 a game when you factor in the 31 plus they had for UTSA. So ultimately, you know, if the team is improved, but the fans are still not coming, that is something you've got to consider because ultimately you cannot continue averaging 10, 11,000 fans per game uh, for a football team that ultimately is playing in the postseason. Yeah, you definitely have to regroup after the uh, the season's uh, finish and kind of, you know, as an athletic department, you have to regroup and figure out ways to get fans in uh, these stands. I mean, that's a huge thing for UTEP Athletics. Let's burn through a couple other tweets and then we'll get to a break. Leo underscore minor fan tweets us, as far as contract extension, yeah, it's tricky. Five years scares me. I might be okay with a two-year deal. Even with the success slash improvement, they need to beat better teams next year. Jonathan Byers tweets us, Nevada is not a winnable game for UTEP. Nevada is pretty good. I watched them from last week and a few weeks ago. They were pretty impressive. Cuviello tweets us, Wyoming would be our most winnable game. Nevada is not a good matchup. Uh, Ivan follows up his previous tweet by saying this, also, Justin Garrett is a great player and a leader, but he, number one, starts on offense, number two, does punt returns, number three, plays as a tackler on kickoffs, and number four, also does kickoff returns as well. Why? I get it. A great player slash athlete, he isn't a robot. Shouldn't we save his energy? Um, I'm a guy agree with Ivan. I think you've seen it, Steve, where um, some of these kickoff returns or even punt returns are, are kind of questionable by Justin Garrett. And I like him a lot as a player. I think he's doing this and playing special teams to try to boost his NFL draft stock or try to uh, you know show up for NFL scouts. But 
you know, that he just adds to a long list of problems that this special teams has really had all year long. Well, they got to find themselves during the offseason, uh, a punt returner and a kick returner, and it better not be uh, better not be Jacob Cowing. So, yep. you know, keep him where he belongs, which is just on offense, making play after play after play. You don't need to put him out there at special teams and risk something. So if you're, uh, you know, if you're UTEP and you're Dana Dimmel, you've got to get some returners uh, and, and really – guys that have the ability to make big plays and do things. And sometimes you need that little back, that little 5'7", 5'8", kind of Howard Johnson guy, or uh, Howard Jackson guy that we saw years ago in Sherman Austin. Remember those players they played 15, 20 years ago, and they were able to do spectacular things on special teams because they had great breakaway speed. I would love to see UTEP go out and get that kind of a speed back that has great hands, and you could put them in that special team situation the guru agrees with you on twitter steve moving forward please make one of your 85 scholarships a kick slash punt return specialist period trust me it will be well worth it special teams has been god awful this whole year i realize coach price came in a little late this offseason please fix this asap so he's totally with you on that one steve let's take a time out right now when we come back more tweets to get to and if you'd like to get in and duck in a late call now's the time to do it at a uh, nine 915-880-5763. That's our telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. We'll get to our player awards next as we continue here on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Addy at the Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. Adrian Bratis along with Steve Kaplowitz as we continue. UAB defeats the Miners. 42-25 to close out the regular season. The Miners will finish off 7-5 and on the year. 4-4 four and four in Conference USA play. If you would like to talk about it, our number is 880-5763 to get into the show. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Where we're currently asking listeners right now to tell us which bowl game would they like to see the Miners play in. And you could respond to the, your bowl wishes as well at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Right now... We, 70% of the voters have said the New Mexico Bowl. Only 16% have said the Frisco Bowl and 9% with the New Orleans Bowl. Let's go back to the phone lines right now and welcome on Milkman, who's joining us on the phone lines, 880-5763. Milkman, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, not much, Milkman. You tell us. Well, uh, so I, the first thing first about the, uh, the bowl game, I'm really hoping for the uh, New Mexico Bowl. And that's only because, like, I went, I went to see them up at the New Mexico Bowl before uh, when they played Utah State. Um, but uh, I'm planning on taking my dad, and uh, it'd be a lot easier, you know, to get him up there as opposed to, you know, somewhere much further away. Um, but, you know, just for that reason alone, just the proximity, you know. Okay. Either way, I told my dad, we're going we're gonna to go wherever they, you know, wherever they're playing. So um, I'm just hoping it'll be a little easier. But. Uh, that being said, um, some of these, some of these tweets you guys have been reading, uh, yeah. I don't know where these people's heads are like absolutely ridiculous. I, I mean, when they're that idiot who called hard, hardison garbage, I mean, right. It, it, has he been watching this? <laughs> I don't, I don't even understand. Like, I can't even, I'm not even sure I can even respond to that. That's such a stupid statement. I, I mean, I've seen this guy thread the needle. Uh, unlike, uh, well, God, you got to go back years in Utah football to see a quarterback that could do stuff like that. Um, 
yeah, has he made mistakes? Well, guess what, guys? He's a sophomore. I mean, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, uh, that actually kind of brings up my next point, which is um, this team is really young. Um, so for for anybody who's going, oh, well, uh, it's just they're not going to do any better next year. My God, this team is so young. They have all these guys returning. I mean, you're talking about stars like Hardison, Howling's coming back. Um, look at the potential on Hankins. Holy cow, he's only a richer freshman. I mean, my God, I, I to me, the future looks brighter than hell, but much brighter than, than you know, years past. I'm, I'm excited, personally. Milkman, you're you're right on uh, Dion Hankins being a redshirt freshman. Jacob Cowling ha- is a sophomore by eligibility because of the COVID year, so you can get more years out of him as well. This is a relatively young squad, like you mentioned. Hardison being a sophomore, they're graduating uh, eleven seniors this year, so they'll they'll probably lose those guys. Maybe a you know a handful or less decide to come back, and maybe they get another year out of this team. But uh, I totally agree with what you were saying there, man. As far as the uh, react overreact by some of these fans right there. I think that's what's the biggest takeaway I I got from your call right there, Milkman. So I appreciate the call. Thanks for tuning in here on the show. Steve, I'll turn it to you. Yeah, it it seems like I I think some people were trying to rush to call this season a disappointment, call Gavin Hardison trash like we've heard. Uh, Those things are are just too far-fetched for me. Let me tell you what I would love to see after the season's over. All right, I would love to see Gavin Hardison sometime uh, either in the spring or the summer spend a week or two with Jordan Palmer out in California. Yes, and and be part of his quarterback uh, his quarterback camp and his and what he does out there for QBs. Listen, I'm going to say this right now, okay? Jordan Palmer um, at, would love to help UTEP out and especially work with. Gavin uh, Brownholtz or any of the other quarterbacks that they uh, give Jordan the opportunity to. And you want to know something with Gavin's skill set? I think he's the kind of guy that you fine-tune him a little bit and you able to make some big adjustments in his game, and all of a sudden he could come out and become one of the best passers in the league uh, next season. So, you know, I would love to see that more than anything. And let's just say this. That is definitely something that, uh, you know, Jordan has not shied away with, uh, you know, making it known that he would love to help Gavin Hardison and pass that along to, to, to UTEP and Dana Dimmel, who's also aware of the situation. And I absolutely believe that with Jordan, what he's been able to do with quarterbacks all around uh, the college pro game and, of course, even the high school level where he starts to work with them and, and coach them, that you give Jordan uh, a couple of opportunities to, to spend some extended time with, with Gavin I think that could really work out uh, to to, uh, to UTEP's advantage. So, you know, again, too much potential with his skill set to, to just suddenly discount him. And, and I'm sorry. I, I think that as they look at more tape and more reads and, and more of the things he does well and, and start really working on making him a better quarterback, that could be a huge key for his development next season. They could even, I mean, Steve, going into the year, you look on paper, they have the great stable of running backs like we talked about with Ronald Awad, Quadres Wadley, and Deion Hankins. No, not any of the three were able to have a breakout season for the minors. So maybe you go even into this offseason thinking, could this offense become more of a pass first or more balanced than we've seen before, at least a little bit more than we started off the year where it was pretty much 70, 60, 70% run and then switching over to, you know, 40, 30% 
100% pass. Now maybe it's way more balanced, or maybe they even favor the passing game moving forward with the minors. So I, I agree with you Be- completely. Before Awad got hurt, he had 790 rushing yards and five touchdowns. So, you know, he's now he's over 800 for the season, uh, but he only has the five scores. And, and you're right. I mean, he's averaging almost six yards a carry, but he's not a thousand yard back. And the truth is, UTEP has so much depth and talent at the running back spot, really, especially with Awad and, and Hankins, who will be that one two punch next season. Um, you could see each of those guys approaching a thousand yards you know Hankins missed a lot of time because of injury and then fell back in the depth chart but we saw today what he's capable of and he's over 400 yards for the season you know the one guy that didn't get to play much at all was Wadley just the last couple of weeks and he finished with uh, over 130 or 40 yards so you know you add all up and you're probably somewhere Adrian at about 12 1300 yards and UTEP wants to establish the run first they want to be that run oriented team so you know I don't necessarily think they need to abandon that I think the key is obviously just trying to stay healthy you also add Willie Eldridge into that mix next year and he could become you know your third uh, your, your third down back and if I'm not mistaken you get Ray Flores back yep. as well so it seems like all of UTEP's depth at running back minus Wadley comes back and, um, you know, that's, that's going to be a positive for them. Joe Chacon checks in on Twitter. Should have relied more on the run today, especially when Hankins was smashing it. That would have set up the pass perfectly and would have controlled the clock. He follows that tweet up with this one. Joe Chacon says, Unfortunately, penalties and special teams doomed us today. Seven wins is way better than a goose egg. Let's go bowling. Time for tur- a turkey sandwich. Hashtag reppin' from Cali now. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Michael Cuviello tweets us. <laughs> Question for the show and for UTEP fans. Does Dana Dimmel deserve an extension, and if so, how long? Yes, I would say yes, and I would just say, hey, if you can get him for two more years after this year and lock him in for that and then build on that extension um, when it comes, I think that's the best case for UTEP uh, right there. I I don't know. What do you think, Steve? It's so interesting because let's say you give him one year, right, which means he's got two years left after this season. You give him one year, and you tell him, hey, you get us back to a bowl game next season, um, especially with the schedule that UTEP has, and you know what? Now we'll look to keep adding more years and keep extending it on. Or do you give him those two years, like you said, and now suddenly he's got three years after this season, so next year and two more. That is the, that's going to be the really the interesting, interesting decision for um, Director of Athletics Jim Center because uh, there's no doubt he improved to get a, a contract extension. How much, though, remains to be seen? Because like I said, remember, attendance did not do well when they were winning. It didn't get the kind of uh, support that you would expect from a winning program. And that's also something that you got to look into it and, and factor in with everything else is, okay, if you're winning, but you're not putting butts in the seats, what then? And that's why you got to be careful because if you lock yourself in too many extra years and the fans are not, um, they're not buying into the team, even if they are will- winning their share of games to go to the postseason, then that's something that, that obviously you got to address. Yeah, then it's Rodney Terry gets the extension through 2024 and the, the town goes crazy all, all over again. So it, it's that kind of scenario all over if that were to happen. Uh, Notorious Nip 
tweets the show, anyone who has all the answers to whatever you deem is a problem, gut up and tag the coach slash person on social media that you're trying to help. I want to make sure they see your solutions. Go home, thumbprint warriors. So a lot of uh, UTEP fans who are very pro football um, are going on Twitter right now and combating those who are very negative and anti uh, the Miners having a successful season. So pretty interesting right there. Francisco Rodriguez tweets us, the season was good. What's disappointing is losing winnable games to North Texas and Florida Atlantic. What matters is whether Dimmel can continue making improvements or if this is the peak like Sean Kugler's bowl season. And that's what that's something you pointed out right there, Steve. And looking back to 2014, I, I do see a lot of parallels between that team and this year's team. Uh, I guess we just have to wait till next year to see if UTEP's able to you know keep up the consistency. 100%. 100% on that, and, I, and I'm with you. So that's going to be the biggest thing. It, it absolutely is. Yep. So you know they're going to go to a bowl. You know they're going to have a chance to win no matter who they play, and it could be Wyoming, and it could be New Mexico. It's very possible. Or they go, or they find their way to the Dallas area and play in one of the three bowls in the DFW area that they could go. So we don't know for sure where they're going to end up. But, you know, that's the thing, Adrian, is that, you know, we're, we're talking about the year like it's completely over. And, yep. and it's not. They're going to get extra practices. They're going to, hopefully, another important thing, and John touched on this on the postgame show with uh, Dana Dimmel, is hopefully they'll be healthy for their bowl game. Think about that. They've been battling injuries each week throughout the season. Some of them have been mounting up. It really would be nice to see them have their full complement of players when they get a chance to play next month. Yeah, now that you're talking about injuries, Walter Neal didn't really play much of this game. The cornerback for the Miners, he was dealing with a non-COVID illness today per Dana Dimmel. Kelton Moss left the game in the first half, never returned, and was seen in street clothes. Breon Hayward was out in the second half. Linebacker for the the minors. He's a standout, and he didn't play. Wadley went out in this game as well. Quadres Wadley, the running back. Uh, you saw most of Deion Hankins in the second half because Ronald Awad also dealt with a soft tissue injury. So UTEP left this game in Birmingham a little bit more banged up than they'd like to be. Going into this one, they were without safety Justin Prince, of course, who's been out since the early part of this year. They were uh, they were without Tavita Tafuna, the defensive tackle, who comes in and really provides depth for them up front. They missed him today in the run-stopping game, and they also missed Josh Ortega late in the game when they needed some pass rushing. He was not active at all. He dealt with an injury and uh, was ruled out for the minors. So they they, de- they were they have been dealing with a lot of injuries to their defense, and that has really hurt them uh, in these past couple weeks moving forward. Let's go over to Twitter, and Ivan tweets us again. People tweeting the show and saying that UTEP football is going to get blown out at the bowl game. Before even knowing the opponent or location, WTF, so many minor haters, people cannot be even happy for seven wins and making a bowl game. No mamas haters. I love it right there from Ivan on Twitter. Leo underscore minor fan tweets us, I'm going to tag them. I don't know if it would help to get them together. Better to watch than not, or better to try than not to. Gavin and Jordan. So he, so Leo underscore minor fan, Steve, he's, he said that he's ready to start up a Twitter campaign to get uh, Jordan Palmer and uh, Gavin Hardison together. Yeah, it's good he's got that initiative. I love Leo. Leo is the most active person when it comes to, uh, you know, Twitter and, and, and loves to get that started. So 
anyway, uh, that's that's kind of fun too uh, when you start to look at things. And um, you know, that's all in the off season. Right now, they yeah. got work to do. They got to figure out a way. To, they got to figure out a way to just make sure that they, uh, you know, they get, they get all their ducks in a row before that, and and try to come out and play their best game of the season. I would. Would you love to see four great quarters, and that turns out to be their bowl game, no matter who they play? Yeah, you definitely do. You want to see them uh, have a chance to compete for that first bowl victory since 1967, which would be a, a huge accomplishment uh, if the Miners were able to get over that hump. Want to touch on another storyline today, Steve, that happened inside a conference USA before we get to our awards and close out the show here on Minor Talk. If you'd like to duck in a late call, now's the time to do it at 8805763 or tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Today we learned from Blee Tech Blue, our friend Ben Carlisle, who covers Louisiana Tech, that their head coach Skip Holtz will not return for next season. He's out after nine years, and uh, and Steve, that's tough. That That's a, you know, Louisiana Tech being a little proactive, one bad season yep. with the Bulldogs and Holtz is out. I know it, and and the thing is, I know we say one bad season, but it sounds like this is something that's been kind of, um, you know, building up for a while. It really does, and um, you look at their football program year by year, and and the hardest part is again um, just understanding that last year was COVID, and that is you almost have to throw it out the window. But you know, you look at what. Holtz has been able to do at La Tech since he took over, Adrian. And, uh, I mean, here's just, uh, you know, this year he was 3-8, and eight, or I guess what, 3-8 uh, and eight or 3-9? and nine. No, 3-8, so, and eight. yeah. Oh, oh because they lost today. That's right. Yeah, that's our... – So 3-9, right? Um, they were 5-5 uh, five and five last year. They were 10-3 in 2019. They won the Independence Bowl. Eight and five in 2018, won the Hawaii Bowl. Seven and six in 2017, won the Frisco Bowl. I mean, they won six bowl games in a row from 2014 to 2019. Six in a row, and then last year they lost the Independence Bowl. They finished five and five because they were five and four at the time, and then uh, this year was just a terrible year. And that's crazy because you would think that after all the seasons and all the winning Skip Holtz has had out in Ruston, you give the guy one off year and you just chalk it up. So maybe there's more behind the scenes than, than we really know because it just doesn't seem like a guy that ultimately, I know he went 5-5 five and five last year and 3-8 and eight this year, but given his track record and how good he's been prior to when he took things over, you would think that a guy like this would have a chance to build it back up again unless they're going in the wrong direction and uh, the university just doesn't feel like he can pull him out. Yeah, maybe the university just wants to hold him extra accountable. Maybe they uh, feel like he's been a little complacent when it comes to recruiting, and they, you know, you you've seen how coaches operate and how uh, even programs operate. There's so much that more than just wins and losses. And at the end of the season, when you look at a record, you're not just looking at that. You're looking at the whole program in itself. Are they graduating the right people? Are they recruiting the right people for next year? I mean, what kind of coaches do they have in place? So maybe it was just his time to leave that program and. Uh, Louisiana Tech just goes a different direction. couple other tweets to get to before we wrap things up and get to our awards here on the show. Joe Chacon tweets the program, Dimmel needs at least a two-year extension. The next few years will be all Dimmel recruits that were chosen for his play style. If he continues to improve in the next two years, he will leave the program. As much as I hate to say that, UTEP is a stepping stone school. 
do you think Dana Dimmel is using this as a step a stepping stone? I, I know it's hard to tell right now, Steve, but I, I feel like in you know an older coach like Dimmel, who's who's done it already at the Big Twelve level, maybe he finds uh, you know he, maybe he finds his home at least uh, a final stopping spot here with UTEP. Maybe that's also wishful thinking. It's hard to tell. Listen, there's going to be 30 Division One coaching jobs in college football that are going to be open this year. And I don't think Dana Dimmel, and, and no disrespect to him, but I don't think he's going to be up for any of them. I, I really don't. I mean, you know, people are still going to look. It wasn't like uh, he took UTEP to a 9-3 and season or, an, or, or, you know, or a 10-2 and season. He, wasn't, uh, he, he didn't do what, um, what we saw out at uh, UTSA. I mean, he had him 6-1. and one. He had him was one of the talks of college football, and then afterwards, you heard the, the I guess it was football scoop that had the tweet talking about you know UTEP seven and five. And by the way, is UTEP a good seven and five? No, they're not a good seven and five. They're an average seven and five team. But you want to know something? There's a lot of average seven and five football teams in college football. There's a lot of average eight and four football teams in college football. I mean, if you think about it, you know. There are there are plenty of elite schools that are that are that are terrific, but there's a lot of mediocre mediocrity this year. And Conference USA as a whole stunk. I mean, you take out a couple of the teams near the top, and other than that, it's a it was a bad year in Conference USA. And I don't know if it's going to if it's going to improve anytime soon. Which really begs the question: Can UTEP find a way to capitalize on a bad league that ultimately is going to be losing three quarters of their schools in a couple of years? And continue to stay, you know, four and four, five and three these next couple of seasons. That to me is going to be the big question, really, when you start to look at it. Because Rice is not getting any better. Louisiana Tech is terribly down. Southern Miss is god awful. North Texas has rallied a little bit to get to that spot where they could still be six and six. But ultimately, Adrian, they got to upset UTSA for that. Other than that, they will go to be five and seven if they lose to UTSA as expected, and suddenly UTEP finishes third in the West, third out of seven schools. This is a team that was predicted to finish last by everybody. So they're third out of seven in the West, and most fans are talking about it as it's a down season. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it at all. I mean, the split right now, the different sides of the spectrum right now, some fans are just so excited about UTEP finally getting to a bowl win. And the other side, some people are ready to fire Dana Dimmel right now if they had the chance because they they yep. believe that it's not a successful season. It's so crazy to hear these polar opposite uh, viewpoints from the listeners and, and people chiming in on Twitter. Uh, let's get to some awards to close out the show. We'll preview ahead uh, the net, the bowl game and kind of talk and speculate where UTEP could le- uh, land. But first, let's get to our Golden Nugget Award. This is our Player of the Game Award, thanks to Legacy Wellness CBD. Uh, our Player of the Game will be Dion Hankins after a bounce-back effort, 16 carries, 68 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Dion Hankins earning the Golden Nugget Award thanks to Legacy Wellness CBD. It's the Black Friday sale happening at Legacy Wellness CBD. Spend $50 and save 15 percent instantly you can visit legacy wellness cbd in store at 120 east red road next to upper valley urgent care are you skeptical of cbd you can learn more for yourself by clicking on the resource tab online today at legacywellnesscenter.com you must be 21 and over to purchase steve any thoughts on Dion hankins being named player of the game and, and his bounce back effort today 
I'm happy for Dion. I thought Dion, who again has been in a tough spot because everybody's been talking about feeding Dion. Where's Dion on social media? And the people have been upset about that. But Dion Hankins has been patiently waiting for his opportunity, and he made the most of it today. Uh, there were some vintage runs. He was taking guys for a ride this afternoon when he was running the football. And uh, I mean, you know, he also had some plays where he didn't pick up much, but I thought for the most part, Dion was excellent. And uh, yeah, I mean, had one reception for seven yards, the 16 run, run rushes for 68 yards and a touchdown. Um, I absolutely um, think that Dion is the perfect uh, player of the game honoree. All right, now let's go over to our Oscar Arieta Agency drive of the game. For the Miners, they were down in this one 28-17. They needed some sort of drive to get him back into this one. It was two passes to Jacob Cowing that gave them a, a field position to go inside UAB territory. Hankins had a nice rush for 11 yards, and that set up a 30-yard pass from Gavin Hardison to Jacob Cowing that ended up uh, in the end zone for a touchdown for that one. Jacob Cowing hauled that one in, snagging it away from the defensive back, and then Ray Flores was credited for rushing in that two-point uh, two conversion to make it 28-25. The only problem right there is UTEP fell apart after that drive, but still, that is our drive of the game, thanks to Oscar Arieta Agency. From the locally owned agency, they have 24 years of servicing El Paso from the West side all the way out to Fabens for home auto or life insurance contact the Oscar Arieta agency and get started with a free no obligation insurance policy today at oscarariataagency.com Steve as we turn the page look over to next week oh actually before we do this I got something to tell you with five catches for 63 yards today Jacob Cowing has now eclipsed UTEP legend Johnny Lee Higgins who had 1,319 receiving yards in 2006 now Jacob Cowing has the second most receiving yards in a single season in program history. Chuck Hughes has the most with 1,519 receiving yards way back in 1965. Jacob Cowing now has uh, 1,330 receiving yards this year, and he just eclipsed Johnny Lee Higgins on this single season mark. So he needs about 200 yards in the bowl game to try to break Hughes. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty tough task right there for uh, Jacob Cowing. He was yeah. held to a 63-yard effort. It, it was a tough one today for him to get any of those catches, to be honest with you. No, you're 100% right. It, he, had to work for his, he had to work for all of his catches. He really did. But luckily, they spread it out to a bunch of different targets. That was one of my takeaways from the 21 uh, completions that Gavin had. But Cowing is special. We all know he's special. I love the fact that he's going to become Luke Laufenberg next year and take that number two jersey over, which I think is terrific for him. And it just goes to show you, the importance of that jersey and that jersey number and what it really means. And uh, that's a tribute uh, to, to Luke and his legacy and obviously how that's been kept alive by the Miners and, and what they've been all about these last few seasons. So Cowling's amazing. I'm thrilled for him. And uh, I think that we, as great as he's played, maybe we're still waiting for the best uh, to come, if that's even possible, because, man, he's having the kind of season that most receivers dream of at, at, at any stage of their career. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, Jacob Cowling, I'm 
mean, he's on his way to big time all conference uh, all conference award efforts and recognitions after uh, the season closes. So be on the lookout for that one for sure. Miners looking this week to know where they will play in their bowl game. Uh, we've asked listeners which game they would like to see UTEP play in. Sixty eight percent of the votes have said the New Mexico Bowl. And Steve, if that's the case, then the Miners would ha- would you know they would be on a nice turnaround. They would get a, a good a good number of practices under their belt and then that kickoff for the New Mexico Bowl if that were to be the case December 18th that should be a lot of fun to see if the Miners could go up if if it's the New Mexico Bowl or any bowl could go up to the bowl game and actually take home a victory for the first time since 1967 exactly right and and if you're wondering by the way as far as uh, when the New Mexico Bowl will uh, announce it officially it's next weekend, Selection Sunday. So the only bowl games that usually get announced prior to uh, would be the Bahamas Bowl and possibly even the Hawaii Bowl because of travel. Uh, but for the most part, everybody else waits until Selection Sunday uh, for it to come out. So if it is going to be New Mexico, uh, we'll find out next Sunday when most of the bowl games uh, become official. Well, as we've been in this business for a while and seen how people uh, sometimes get these, uh, you know, tips and rumors out there, maybe we get uh, something slipping through the cracks, Steve, and maybe we find out so- uh, earlier than uh, next Sunday. We were talking to Dana Dimmel. Actually, it was funny. We we were asking him during that uh, during the coaches' show um, when he would anticipate to see UTEP's uh, first opponent, and he said by midweek next week. So that would be you know coming up huh. this week. So maybe by December 1st or 2nd we find out if it's a rumor if whether it's you know a tweet that comes off by Brett McMurphy or something along those lines maybe that could be the case when it comes to the bowl game maybe he finds out before the rest of us sure who knows maybe maybe Dana's on the inside when it comes to this and everybody else has to has to just wait it out and see what happens yeah I'm with you on that hey Steve really appreciate you joining us here on minor talk and filling in for Sal Montes he'll be back in action next Friday but can't thank you enough for doing this and uh, spending some time with all the all of us here on minor talk today I look I enjoyed uh, working with the host of minor talk today that's been a lot of fun you can't replace Sal you had double duty you produced the show for John the game and then you hit minor talk so enjoyed that and and uh, by the way in 90 minutes our UTEP coverage continues with UTEP women's basketball Adrian because monster is out in Vegas right now no that's exactly right the UTEP women's basketball team they'll take their undefeated record to Las Vegas they're competing in the South Point Thanksgiving shootout Miners will take on Seattle University, 7 o'clock tip-off, and then tomorrow we'll have it for you. They take on Kansas at 7 o'clock. For Steve Kaplowitz, I'm Adrian Broadus saying so long, and thank you so much for listening to Miner Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Have a great weekend, everybody.